Hear what the Spirit is saying to the church from 1 John chapter 1. From the very first day, we were there taking it all in. We heard it with our own ears, saw it with our own eyes, verified it with our own hands. The word of life appeared right before our eyes. We saw it happen. And now we're telling you in the most sober prose that what we witnessed was incredibly this. The infinite life of God himself took shape before us. We saw it. We heard it. And now we're telling you so you can experience it along with us. This experience of communion with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. Our motive for writing this is simply this. We want you to enjoy this too. Your joy will double our joy. This, in essence, is the message that we heard from Christ and are passing on to you. God is light pure light. There's not a trace of darkness in him. If we claim that we experience a shared life with him and continue to stumble around in the dark, we're obviously lying through our teeth. We're not living what we claim. But if we walk in the light, God himself being the light, we also experience a shared life with one another as the sacrificed blood of Jesus, God's Son, purges our sin. If we claim that we're free of sin, we're only fooling ourselves. A claim like that is errant nonsense. On the other hand, if we admit our sins, simply come clean about them, he won't let us down. He'll be true to himself. He'll forgive our sins and purge us of all wrongdoing. If we claim that we're, we've never sinned, we out and out contradict God, make a liar of him. A claim like that only shows off our ignorance of God. I write this, dear children, to guide you out of sin. But if anyone does sin, we have a priest friend in the presence of the Father, Jesus Christ, righteous Jesus. When he served as a sacrifice for our sins, he solved the sin problem for good, not only ours, but the whole world's. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks, be, Thanks to be to God. Thank you, Randy. Let's pray together. God, as we approach your word, as we approach your body, this people here gathered today, as we approach your light, we ask that we would not just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of the word, that we would live this light, this love, this flourishing, this goodness, this wholeness into our very being and body and presence in this world. 
We don't come here to provide lip service. We come here with our lives. We come here vulnerable and hidden. We come here with our shadows and those parts that we want to be unseen. And we ask that you would bring light and freedom, that you would bring joy that overwhelms us in such a way that we must share what we have seen, what we have experienced, what we have witnessed, and what has transformed our very being to the core. God, light, life, may we breathe in your resurrection now and forevermore. Amen. Well, friends, we enter into a new season, an Easter tide, riding the wave of a spring, a new life, a renewal. We enter into a season of life in resurrection, not just looking forward to it, not just talking about it and celebrating, but trying to actually practice the resurrection in the life here and now in our world. And as we enter it together, we join an ancient beloved community that has seeked to practice this resurrection since it experienced that communion with God. And as we are in this moment here and now in this time of transition, where at some of us, we still feel the residue, we feel the experience, we feel the depths and the grief of this last few years, we also begin to taste just little springs, little moments of greenness of a new life that we are walking into together. How will we choose as individuals, and I want to say more importantly, how will we choose as community to live into a resurrected life together? This is the question that John's letter is writing to the small churches and communities gathered around the world, experiencing great suffering, great and great persecution and great grief, wondering what's next? He answers this question of what does it mean to encounter a living God here and now in such a way that it changes the way we live together in community for the sake of the entire world? How can we choose to live this resurrected life? You know, the question that many of us ask um, as we go around our world and in our jobs and in our life is, you know, have you gotten a vaccine yet? And then we ask the dreaded question of like, which one? Like, I don't, like it matters, who cares? Like we just ask the question like, have you gotten a vaccine yet? And, and we all kind of have our different answers and thoughts around it. But I'll tell you what, I was in the doctor's office after I'd gotten this little prick in my arm and I was sitting there kind of waiting my 15 minutes, hoping that like my body didn't react and I fall on the ground and become a great scene within this doctor's office. And I, I, I've just felt such varying emotions. And as I sat there with a soreness in my arm, I thought about what we have been through, what we're still going through as individuals and as a community. And I wondered, as I emerge from this chair, from this office and walk out these doors, what type of life 
renewed life. A, why, a life that has a weight to it. What type of life am I walking into? How might we walk into this new season, this next year, this next church time, holy time, with the sense of a resurrected life in our very being and veins? For John and the community that he's writing, he welcomes them. He welcomes them with deep words of awakening to a life of resurrection that has literally encountered the divine. It's not something he has a theology about. It's not something that he has systematically worked out. It is literally something that John has experienced in his offering to other communities and to the entire world. He says, we heard it with our own ears. We saw it with our own eyes. We verified it with our hands. And now we're telling you so that you can experience it along with us, this communion with the Father and his Son. With the ears, with the eyes, with the hands, it is an invitation to us all, just like Easter morning was, to wake up to a bodily resurrection of a shared relationship and communion with God. Because I'll tell you what, many parts of our soul have become deadened in the season of such trial, of such distance. Our soul has been distant from one another and from a communion with God and with life. And so John says, wake up, listen and feel, hear and see the light, the love, the life of God that is pulsing through your veins and throughout this world and for all in this world. Do you feel risen? to the resurrected life of God within you, to a communion of God around you? Or are you still on pilot? Are you still being kind of just numbly going through this world, trying to survive? Well, the spring, the new life is rising within us and is inviting each and every one of us to pause for a moment to open our eyes, our ears, our hands, our hearts to a communion with the beloved. As John the Cross talks about, to set a rendezvous date with this God who has created us and brings life so that we may awaken, to allow the depths of our being to dance with the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Spirit. Can this joy can this joy that John speaks of travel across time and space from his community to our world here and now? Can this joy that is overfilling for John that he just has to share it with others? Because when we experience true transformation, it can't be just held within us, but it has to overflow into the community, into the life around us. Can this joy be true for John and his community can it be true for us and for you here and now? Not the idea of a communion with God, but a very bodily living it out here. 
John experiences this communion with God, and from this communion with God raises up a truth that he must share with all. It is a truth that is both simple and proclaims a divine mystery. John simply says this after encountering God. John says, God is light. God is light. As a spiritual director, I'm always curious what image of God someone is holding. It often changes. We often don't notice it. But there's always some image or feeling or experience with God that is, is kind of sitting at the center of who we are. What image of God are you holding right now? God is a loving father. God is the presence in the human body of Christ. God as a spirit that is moving as the wind hovers over the waters. God as a loving mother bringing you under her wing. God as a judge who is watching your actions and demanding more. God as an absence. For even the absence of God is an image of God that we hold deep within us. What image of God are you holding in your life? And what happens to your soul if you just let this one that John is offering you be true for you today? What happens in your soul when you hear this morning, God is light? There is an ancient and divine wisdom in John's image. He spoke to something now that we can scientifically show life and data too, that in light, there, without light, there is no life. With light, it is because of light we live and move and breathe and eat and exist. It, it, and it becomes because of the work, because of the reality of light that has soaked our world in our very being. This deep seeing of John echoes back to the first rhythms of creation that we still find rhythm in our own life. It is the poetry of Genesis that calls out when God utters his first words to creation, let there be light. God is saying, let there be my presence in this creation and in this world. Let it soak every inch and atom of existence so that this world and this creation may know that it is drenched in me. Can you hear the echo meeting you right here and right now in your life? Can you feel its invitation to, to trust in new life? Can you hear it saying unto us all that there be light? Let there be light. Let there be light. In the midst of your fear, let there be light. In the midst of your worry, let there be light. Where you feel exhausted, let there be light. Where shame has become the central voice, let there be life. Where death has ruled, let there be light. Friends, let us walk our life into this light. For as we walk in the light, we move into the very being of God 
And as scripture says, we move into a shared life together. Because the light does not distinguish, do I want to be present to this person or to this situation? Do I want to be present to this community? Not, no, light has chosen to make its light known to all. And when we begin to move our life into this light, we realize we are not alone in this world, but we move into a shared life and love together. No longer fooling ourselves that we are alone. When we walk into the light, we become freed from the lies, the sin, the, er the ignorance, and the deception. We are released into a life that can experience both grief and joy, that it can experience a love for one another and with God. May this Eastertide, may we feel an invitation to let the light and the presence and the communion with the divine in. Not just in here, but let it in. Now, I'm not going to lie to you this morning, mostly because this passage demands otherwise, and I believe that honesty brings light, to, brings light in life, no matter how scared we may feel to bring that which is hidden to center stage. As I walked out of those doctor's office doors and back into this life, wondering what will it look like? If I'm honest, there were many parts of myself and my body that are just simply exhausted. Depleted from walking through these last years. Personally depleted from trying to hold together a community that is both physically distant and at times is divided. Exhausted from managing my own fear and anxiety in the face of unknowns and thinking I should have answers. Being overwhelmed with trying and failing to balance all of it, work, family, life, kids, health, all of it is exhausting. Holding grief as I try to wake up to the accounts of death and injustice suffering that so many are suffering in our country and in our world. I am exhausted from battling my own shame and not being able to hold it all together. My soul is depleted. And when I feel this need to show up and take this second grasp on life and to feel gratitude, to be honest, I just feel tired. And I'm too scared to stop because in stopping, I'm afraid is failure. Now, I don't share this with you because I need anything from anyone. I share this because I want, I believe I am not alone. I believe we are not alone. Each of us we are encountering and carrying our own wounded story. And I share this because I truly believe that God is light. It's not just an idea, it's a reality. And when we bring our fear, when we surrender our fear, our shame, our death, our emptiness, our exhaustion to a God that is light, it has a way of bringing new creation. It creates life. Surrendering and opening ourselves to a new reality, to a potential encounter in communion and a reunion with joy 
a freedom in light that lets us know we are not alone, but there is resurrection. So bring whatever you have to the light. The parts that you're scared, the parts that are hidden. Know that God is not condemning darkness, but God is bringing light and life from the places of darkness, from the shadows in our life. What do you need to bring to the God of light today? Who do you need to physically share with so that we may share in this life together? I love how this passage calls us boldly to a life out of sin again and again. Turn from sin. Don't lie about it. You know, just face up to it and don't do it anymore. And then in the very next breath, it says, and when you do, I feel like John is saying, okay, don't sin. Try really hard to love one another. And when you happen to be human, which we all will, please know that there is grace. There is a priest friend who knows humanity, who offers to grace and light to the whole world. May you bring your broken heart, your exhausted body, your crazy mind, your weary soul, your longing for joy, your hope to a God of creation, and may you receive the blessing of resurrection. Let there be light, let there be light, let there be light. Amen. Friends, let us take a moment to reflect on this passage and on the work of the Spirit in our own story and life together. Let's take a moment of silent reflection as we continue in worship. Amen.